What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rose 1 through 10. We're here with episode 63, a good week of race. California swing conclude with the world of outlaws. Uh, great two races at Bakersfield and Paris, and then a, kind of a snoozer last night at Vado in New Mexico. Another race to talk about, nevertheless. And then a NASCAR weekend at Coda that was certainly one to uh, one to write home about. Some controversial finishes, some debates I'm sure will be had between us and this one. I don't know. I don't know if we feel the same way about how everything went down yeah. or not. But. Yeah, I, mean, I guess uh, we haven't really talked really at all the week. I mean, shit, we didn't even text today until like this afternoon. And we were like, hey, we're recording tonight, right? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it should, it should be good. I said it should be authentic uh, reactions. Uh, neither one of us really know how each other feel about it. So we'll just dive into it. Uh, I guess we'll kick it off. Some absolute. I was going to say, too, I guess we'll touch at the end before we hit the outlaws. Madness in Saudi Arabia with F1. What a. I didn't see that race, but what a wacky weekend that was so yeah maybe we'll, we'll end with f1 that's usually how we do it so yeah we'll, we'll dive into the f1 race that yeah. was too yeah. so uh yeah man we'll kick it off with the outlaws they uh they had a cat they ended their california west coast swing um kicked it off friday night at bakersfield california and uh yeah geo selzy getting the win uh yeah we have uh, race it's it's usually like when it's that late, like we don't really text each other. Like, you know, it's just like it's late. But like, you know, it's like wild. I didn't even know you were up watching it. You text me and you're like, what the fuck? And like we both had like the same reaction where everybody just piled it in on lap one. Like Yeah, it was weird. Like uh, I came home and ended up falling asleep, taking a, a bit of a nap and woke up and it was like they were about to start the feature. And I was like, oh, this is perfect timing. Like. Can't, can't get any better than this. So, uh, yeah, I had that on. And then, yeah, I texted you. Uh, I saw that you were doing uh, the updates on the account. So I was like, cool, that's cool. And then so I knew you were watching it. And then when the, all three leaders wrecked, uh, that really changed the, the outcome of the race. And, and it was just so funny to see three leaders like that pile into it. It was just like the World Outlaws arc of breaks. Uh, I mean, that was just insanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really was. I mean, it changed the, the race. You had Spencer Basin actually kicking everybody's tail there um, and just dominating, putting on a clinic. And and he ended up getting into Sheldon Hoddenshield. And then you had David Gravel and Rico Abreu piling in back behind him. So, uh, yeah, just a wild incident where the top three drivers got taken out in a, the same wreck. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. So... Definitely a parting of the seas for for Geo Selzy for sure, and another uh, for the the California drive. Well, I want to say dominant because uh, Spencer Baston was up there leading some laps before, obviously that incident. But after that, like uh, we had those top four finishers of California drivers. So really, this whole California swing until was dominated by the California drivers, and I think. The story of the weekend has to before. I mean, Gio Selzy winning again, obviously. Also, I mean, he could like he's fifth in points right now and not even running for the championship. That's wild, but good for him. And uh, but the story of the weekend has to be Corey Day, uh, driver from California, sixteen years old, uh, P two on Friday night and P P 
what, P3 Saturday night? Um, yeah, Four something Saturday. like that. Definitely, yeah. definitely, I think second again Saturday night. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, second was, again Saturday night, confirmed. There you go. So, so yeah, back-to-back uh, -back podiums and, and was the youngest to ever finish second in a World of Outlaws race on Friday and then follows it up finishing second again. On and Saturday. he didn't just – he didn't just just back in the second either. Like he was challenging for the lead. Like I mean, I went all caps at one point, just recapping our tweets real quick. Like Corey Day to the lead, and that's like a raw, like all caps, like holy shit. Like I was like, is this kid gonna pull it off? And then uh, yeah, he I think he led a lap or two. Uh, which by the way, they need to get the lap leg count back on this Outlaws website. Like <laughs> I uh. I, I, all year, that's been bugging me, kind of the way they they redid the website. But nevertheless, I know I think he got up there and led a lap or two before GSLZ got the lead back with him. But he was swapping it back and forth with GSLZ, and then Brad Sweet was uh was able to enter that battle too. We had David Gravel spin with with two to go as GSLZ looked like he had it one, but not much uh, competition for him on that last restart, and he was able to get the job done and then an amazing drive too for james mcfadden he struggled all night raced in in the last chance showdowns 20 up to p5 and was not same thing like strong p5 was challenging for for fourth and racing carson macedo so a hell of a drive for him i think that has to be the the biggest hard charger of the season so far for sure i can't think of any anything more so it'll be tough to top that throughout the season up 17 spots yeah uh like i said i, I i'm still focused on the Corey day i mean he's got to be the story of the weekend i mean yeah years old three months and 27 days uh so yeah it's just crazy to think how young he was it, it was ironic that he was racing geo selzy for the lead there and he actually did lead lap 10 uh, while they were battling there, and uh, but yeah, it was ironic that he's racing Geo because Geo Selzy holds the record for youngest World Outlaws winner, but uh, Corey Day would have beaten that um, had he gotten the victory. So, so cool, second second youngest uh, or the the youngest second place finisher. Um, I'd like to see him run some more World Outlaw races. He he seems to be like a hell of a race car driver. Yeah, I mean. That, I mean, it's just insane at, at that age what he did. He's certainly going to be a force years to come. I think, I mean, I don't know a lot about him personally. Um, I'd, I'd love to reach out to him and get him on here sometime possibly because I'm just fascinated about his story and, you know, his big accomplishments. And then obviously the, the, um, the sky is the limit for him really. Uh, I mean, based off what we saw this weekend, I mean, you know, I'm sure he has a decent amount of it. But the thing is, at 16, it's like, how much experience does he have in a, a 410 sprint car period? Like, yeah, it can't be that much. I mean, I don't know what the youngest you can get in a sprint car is, but. I think uh, you have to be at least 16 to run the Outlaws. I mean, I yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Um, just really cool to see him run really well all weekend. And, and you touched on Brad Sweet. Uh, he rounded out the podium on Friday night. And, and that really, I think, kicked off his momentum. And, and we'll get into it later. Um, but, but that team is definitely, I think, headed in the right direction right now. No doubt. But, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. And, like, one thing I was, 
uh, talking about with you a little bit and saw a, uh, uh, I saw a, uh, a funny tweet from, uh, who was it? The work area. And I like brought it up to you. Like, I think the live, like lap by lap point standings, like eight races into the season. is just like, I mean, let's like, I mean, I, okay. Give a points update at the end of the race. Sure. Like, but like we had like the live, like lap by point tracker up on the board during this feature and i'm like all right let's let's just calm down a little bit like we got yeah. a lot of racing left like, i mean that's maybe it's just something i'll have all year It'd be cool to watch you know yeah i just like i mean i'm not it's not like a big deal or anything i just thought it was like it just seems kind of overkill like we talked about it a little bit last week and the, the i thought it was a funny tweet from the work the work area is a great follow by the way if anybody's listening to us for some reason you don't follow him great follows from uh great hilarious tweets from that account but definitely a, a tweet i like from from him on him or her i guess on saturday night yeah but yeah yeah geo picking up the win uh Corey day second brad sweet third carson macedo fourth james mcfadden fifth on friday and uh, James McFadden also picked up the hard charger from uh, seven or picked up 17 spots. Um, so started 22nd. So hell of a hell of a drive from him. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have much more on uh, Friday night. Yeah. Um, uh, Saturday night, I was watching that feature on my ride home from a wedding I was at. And that was a. Uh, pretty fun feature kept me entertained during uh during that drive and uh but yeah so that was kind of the 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 head scratching slump for brad sweet because you know during this this winless streak he certainly hasn't run bad he just hasn't gotten the right breaks to fall his way and excuse me bring home a feature and that was his first win since labor day weekend of of last year so i mean good for him to put one together and and uh no i'm talking about new mexico i'm getting ahead of myself oh yeah but saturday night that was yeah, i'm sorry i just <laughs> go ahead my bad my bad uh yeah they had the had, we saw the most lead changes uh of the year in that race so yeah it was definitely a thriller i mean you had all guys finishing the top five here if i read off the names uh david gravel Corey day carson cito brad sweet and Sean Honcho, basically all of them were in the hunt at one point. Also throw in uh, Dominic Selzia that he, he ended up spinning late. Um, but this is an awesome race. Those All those guys were swapping it back and forth for the lead. David Gravel and, and Carson Macedo especially really put on a show. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, definitely I'm, a thriller. I had to pull out those race results. I just got like my races tied up in my head and started thinking about the the Vado New Mexico race and I was like wait 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 rewind Saturday <laughs> like but um yeah no that was certainly a uh certainly a great one and uh um David Gravel I mean dominated that race but was definitely challenged by Carson Macedo yeah it was, I mean it was a big day for the the two team and David Gravel I mean uh, Friday night we talked about they got in that three car pile up um, with the leaders tangling up. And so they had to get up early Saturday morning and rebuild the entire car. So definitely a, a championship effort day for the, 
those two guys, the team, the two team, I should say. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just, just a grind. I mean, just had to be on the back of a record on Friday night and then be in victory lane on Saturday night. So just definitely a cool story from those guys to build a car from scratch and, and go out and get the win. Um, just, it, it was a great race. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, yeah, like I said, I was driving when that one came on, so I don't have like a ton to add about like that specific show that night or, but, um, yeah, it was certainly an entertaining race. It was a, we had another late yellow. I mean, caution came out with, with two to go Yep. for the second straight night. We saw that and we saw another late, uh, late restart, but David gravel was able to, uh, to not to get that done without, much uh contesting I, I guess and yeah it was a great race i'm just kind of fucking bullshitting here like yeah i mean I, I believe i want to say you if we had i'd have to go back and listen but i believe believe you called pick the dominic selzy pick and i was like no way this is gonna happen he's gonna get his first win because uh, he was he was definitely in the hunt running third um and battling Macedo before they ended up spinning. When like yeah. I said he was the one that brought out the caution with two to go. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, now okay, now it's starting to come back to me. Yeah, because he was definitely up there challenging for it, and then uh, he got together with somebody. Uh, who did he get together with? Do you remember? Uh, it might have been tangling it with Day. Okay. Yeah, he got together with somebody. I'm pretty sure somebody got into him, and uh, and yeah, he. That was unfortunate and to what was a fantastic run for him. Same with James McFadden. He had a spin, but he was up there mixing it up and or he bounced off the wall. Cause that yeah, that was where there was that weird caution where they said it was for James McFadden spinning and like it made you presume that like that big giant dust cloud was something with, with McFadden, but then it was just like one of the cars like clipping the like the dirt down on the infield and it just sent a bunch of dust up in the mm-hmm. ended up being an issue for James McFadden. He had to go in the work area and he DNF'd. So uh, two, two guys that were running really strong McFadden and, and Dominic Selzy that weren't able to, uh, to complete those runs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'd hate to see it for Dominic Selzy, small team like that. Um, and definitely pulling for him. He's a hell of, hell of a wheel man. Hard charger on uh, Saturday's Logan Shuhart up seven spots from nineteenth to twelfth. So nice. not uh not the most notable hard charger of the year right there, but definitely still a great job. Man, they just they definitely that one S team is off right now, man. Like they're just not in contention in these races. And I know these aren't tracks they're used to going to and it's probably stretching those teams all the way out. Yeah, but damn, it's just kind of scratching right. He's talked about him damn near at all this year. Yeah, I definitely been that team's definitely been struggling, but I think once they get back into a rhythm of back to the tracks that they're used to running at, um, I think it, things will start start going in the right direction for them. I mean, look at Sheldon Hodgefield. I think it was his. Uh, like his best run of the whole West Coast swing at fifth place on Saturday. So just some teams are missing it right now t- at certain tracks, you know. I feel like this is uh, 
It's one of those things. I mean, the competition's so stiff right now, too, you know. Yeah, no doubt. But, um, but yeah, so I'm definitely a guy to keep an eye on there that we're, I guess, waiting to see more from. Same with Donnie Shots, another quiet weekend for him. It's been a, a rough go of it lately for the for the 15 team, although he did get a podium last night at New Mexico. So, I guess we can dive into that New Mexico race. I mean, I honestly Yeah, we'll get uh, – you had David Gravel with the win. Corey Day second. Again, that's a great run for that team. Uh, Carson Macedo finished third. Brad Sweet fourth. And Sheldon rounding out the top five. And you already touched on it. Logan Shuhart up seven to pick up the hard charger. Um, yeah, and we can we can dive into last night's race. Yeah, dominant win for Brad Sweet from uh, from the drop of the green. Led every lap. Never really challenged. I mean, it was it was one of those races where I felt bad for Johnny because like Sheldon was never going to catch him and was never really in position to catching him. But Johnny was selling the hell out of it on the last lap. He's like, one last chance for Sheldon Shield. He was just like never really there and never really uh, made even a run at him or anything. And Johnny, his job and making it seem like it was an instant classic. But, I mean, not much to write home about really in that one. The top three finished the way they started the race. But. Yeah, tough night. Uh, I mean, it's a, a new new facility. Um, it was super windy last night. Um, like I said, it's a brand new facility, three eighths of a mile. It, it looks really nice, uh, and, and the backdrop uh, looks looks awesome with the mountains in the background. It was very cool. So like I said, they, they give us give it some time, and, and they'll make that place right. Um, in fact, the, the guy that owns it, I believe, is the guy that owns Messiah Valley Transport. So. Uh, I believe that's the guy that owns it. Oh. I, I, I believe that's what Robin was saying last night at the start of the broadcast. Um, if not, something about that guy has something to do with that racetrack. Gotcha. But, yeah, super cool to see a new facility come onto the schedule. Um, it's kind of disappointed to input on the race we wanted to see. But, the feature uh, took six minutes, 37 seconds. That's when you know it's not – it was uh... – pretty straightforward race didn't mean cut you off Eric just saw that oh no I, said, I, I didn't have much much to say about it. I was fast asleep at this hour um yeah I mean six minutes is pretty quick so it's pretty wild stat right there it was a 30 lap race um it's just super quick but yeah well, Brad Sweet to get back in victory lane like I said they've been running well but haven't won since last Labor Day weekend so they got back in victory lane. Good for uh, good for their team. So, yeah, it's crazy that it's been since last September since uh, Sweet has gotten a victory lane. It's just kind of a wild stat. If you were to uh, tell me that, I would, would have not believed you. Um, but yeah, great for them to get back to victory lane. Um, I said they've been running really well, just outside the top top position. Um, Picking off podiums so right outside fourth, fifth place finishes. So, yeah, I think that that forty-eight or forty-nine team will be looking to pick up some big momentum out of this, uh, heading back to the Midwest or the kind of south, south middle. I don't know what what you call it, Oklahoma, Texas area, but yeah. 
So is Casey Kane coming back this weekend? Has there been any word on that? Because, like, I know they said he's not going out west. Uh, I, I have not heard out. anything on that yet. Well, hope 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 to see Casey back in the saddle. But um, uh, but yeah, no, good win for for Brad and uh, I was about to say something and I can't remember what I was gonna say. But yeah, no, good. No, yeah, not much to talk about last night. Brad Sweet with the win. Uh, Sheldon Hodenshield finishing second. Donnie Shots third. James McFadden, James McFadden fourth, David Gravel fifth, and we talked about it earlier. Tanner Thorson up six spots to get the Hard Charger Award. So, yeah, he was able to find it. Some passing uh, when others weren't. Nineteen to thirteen, nineteenth to thirteenth. So, yeah, good run for Tanner Thorson, the guy that won the Chili Bowl earlier this year. Um, yeah, well, I, don't, I don't know if you got anything else you want to talk about. Yeah, no, we can uh, we can get into uh, this weekend's action. We go to um, we go to Lawton Speedway on on uh, Friday night in Oklahoma, and the um, uh, Carson Macedo won here last year, and it was the largest margin of victory of the season. He won by five point five seconds in that race, and then we got a twenty thousand dollar payday on the line at the Duramax Dryden Texas Outlaw Nationals at Devil's Bowl on uh, Saturday night. So that's the the birthplace of the world of outlaws. I'm reading verbatim off their uh, <laughs> what to watch for, but the birthplace of the world of outlaws. And, um, uh, Logan Schuhart is the three-time defending champion of that race. So He's certainly, you know, we talked about their struggles, but a place they run really fast at and a race that's big to them for their title sponsor, the the Dryden Colors. So they're definitely going to look to put it together there on Saturday, and they're going to be the, the ones to watch. No doubt. Um, yeah, we talked about it. Uh, we had had him on our show a few weeks back, Noah Gass. Um, it'd be a kind of a home race for him. Um I guess it's, it's his first time maybe racing in his home state since uh, since joining the Outlaw. So definitely be cool for them. Hopefully they can put on a good show. Um, I think they'll be strong. I think they will. I I think that's a you know a track he's he's probably had some experience at and knows a little bit. So um, should should be a strong run and we'll definitely be rooting for him. Yeah, I mean he's 18 years old and and last weekend at Bakersfield got his best finish of the season, 18th place. Um, he was up to 13th at one point, so definitely been a tough learning curve for him. But I think uh, I think if they just stick with it, that they'll they're going to find their footing and and continue to get better week in and week out. And be sure to check out the uh, the docu series on YouTube, the Becoming an Outlaw. Yeah, that, that was actually really good. I mean, no, you could definitely feel the tension there uh, as the they were like trying to get their footing and and you know, get used to each other, working together. Um, I mean, that was definitely some raw, real footage there, you know. you could, I could feel the tension just watching it. Yeah, so uh, a, a great watch, and I'm sure they'll have more episodes coming throughout the season of that. Something to, that's something to go check out right there. So that's, uh, that's our guy. We support him. So you support us for some reason. Support him, too. But um, 
one question I was going to ask you, he took over the points lead this weekend too. Brad, or he did last weekend. Brad Sweet did extended the points lead. We talk about the points. I joke. Does Brad Sweet give up the points lead this year? Or, like, is this the point he doesn't look back? What do you think? No, I think we see uh, a continuous battle. I mean, you got Carson Macedo 20 points out. David Gravel 22 points out. Uh, Sheldon Hodenshield 46 points out. Uh, and then, like you said it earlier, Gio sells the uh, 88 points out. Uh, nothing's off the table right now. I mean, it's like we talked about it so early, but I think I think we're gonna see a, a, a four-way battle down the stretch here. If not, it's some other guys inject their names in it. I mean, James McFadden is is less than 100 points out. He's 98 points out, and Donnie Shots is right at 100 points out. So, yeah, it's gonna be uh, interesting down the stretch. It's gonna be exciting. I think the competition is gonna be fierce this year. I'll just say it's interesting to it's definitely uh interesting to think about like with how dominant he was last year, like is this the point where he'll just grab it and and nobody else is gonna get there? Maybe, maybe not, but it's crazy to think like this this definitely might be the moment. Like we might not see another change of the points lead this because uh, he got it pretty early last year and he didn't look back. So Yep, I mean he hadn't won since last year. Uh, we'll see what kind of momentum this team can can control after this. Uh, how many races they can click off in a row or or good runs in a row. I mean, anything is anything can happen in these races. We've seen that. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Three car pileup with all three of the guys leading. So these races are wild and they're hard to win. So only time will tell. Um, by the way, something to add real quick, like just a side note from Outlaws before we get into this weekend's prediction. Something I news I just saw on Twitter, I don't want to forget to bring it up. But Ray Everham is no longer in charge or working at the uh, SRX. He said he's still an investor, but he's no longer working in any sort of active role with the series. So, interesting note there. Uh, I mean, last year he was, like, super hands-on. Maybe he's just taking a step back and, and letting guys handle it now, you know what I mean? Now that he's got his uh, – basically how to how to run it, you know, now it just runs itself. Yeah. Sort of, yeah, like so. I said, it's just interesting. Like you said, last year he's really hands-on. and So, like, it's just kind of like a random tweet he replied to and was like, I'm no longer in charge. I'm an investor, but I no longer have an active role. Like, so, hmm. Just an interesting. I didn't want to forget to bring that. Up. I know it has nothing to do with what we were talking about, but no, but it's interesting. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, other than that, I don't really have much. We talked about covered basically everything. Covered the last three races. Uh, you got two races this weekend: Friday, Saturday, Oklahoma, Texas. Um. Yeah. What else you got? Anything else? Picks. Yeah. Um, who you got for Friday night? Friday night, uh, Lawton, we know, uh, like you said, Carson Cito dominated here last year. He's going to be the favorite. I'll say he doesn't do it again. And I'll say first one of the year for James McFadden. Gets- Ooh, I was literally going to pick him. So, <laughs> okay. Um, interesting, interesting. I will take. 
Davy Gravel. All right. Yeah, we were both kind of thinking J-Mac because, you know, he had some strong runs over the weekend and it feels oh, like yeah, – we talked about Brad Sweet's momentum. I think David Gravel and the two team, they're going to get some momentum from this, you know. For sure. Yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, it, moves that on the year. Uh, that's a second win of the year. And, and also moves him a 71st victory of his career and moves him to striking distance to Jack Hodgeshield of all-time wins, so – Definitely something to keep an eye on. That's gonna be a big when he when he surpasses that. And yeah, I got him picking up the win on Friday. All right. Yeah, it feels like it's uh J Mac and the eighty three team, they're kinda due. And they had a great weekend. So as we'll say they break through and then Saturday we go to the Drydeen Dermax Drydeen Texas Outlaw Nationals Logan Shuhart three-time defending champion $20,000 on the line does Logan Shuhart make that full We talked about it. they they need a good run um, You know what I'll go out on a limb they're going to win they're going to pick up the win on Saturday I I wouldn't even call it out on a limb I mean I guess with the way they've running you can say but I mean, you know, you know when when a team and a driver have a certain track figured out, it's hard to beat them there, no matter how they're running coming in. So not a bad pick there at all. Um, I'll, I'll go with um, who we thinking. I'll go with Donnie Shots. Donnie Shots gets back to victory lane, gets his second win of the season. All right. Another team that needs a strong run. I'll say they get it done. All right. Well, that's going to do it, I guess, for the Outlaws section. Yeah. Um, we'll, uh, dive into the weekend that was at Coda. Yeah, for sure. Well, that truck race on Saturday, I listened to the whole race on Sirius. So, watched some highlights, obviously. But a race that was really dominated by by, by Kyle Busch. Um, we know Smith swept the stages but definitely like wasn't like a, a dominant like he was, was that because of uh, they swooped the stages yeah. because of the strategy pit cycles and everything yeah. <clears throat> Kyle Busch was short it was, it was, it was, yeah it was okay. Kyle's race for sure I gotcha so yeah then uh, you had it to the end I mean I, I got to turn it on uh, just in time to see that that wild finish uh, going to turn 10, I believe it was. Um, you had Bowman, Stuart Friesen, and Kyle Bush all come together um, and bang doors and ended up costing all three of them the win. I got like a little mini rant that I've been like, I, I hinted at it in our group chat, but I've been waiting like to to say it. If I, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that now. But man, Alex Bowman. You can only, like, I started calling him Carl Edwards over the weekend. You can only get over-aggressive and get into guys and cost guys win and cost yourself a win, too, in this situation so much and then get out of the car and, like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't race like that. I'm, I'm you know, I, it's just not, not how I do things. And, like, you know, we saw Carl Edwards do that for you. And I like Carl Edwards and I like Alex Bowman, but, like, if you're going to race like that, don't get out of the car and say, I don't race like that. No, you do race like that. You just race like that. We've seen it multiple times from you now. We saw him do it to Denny Hamlin at Martinsville last year. We saw this right here. 
don't get out of the car and keep doing this and then say, I don't race like that. No, you do race like that. And like I said, it's the same thing Carl Edwards did for years. Oh, I'm Carl. I'm cousin Carl. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to wreck you. Like, and, but hey, you know, he'd be aggressive as hell and get into guys. So I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing those tendencies from Alex Bowman over and over. That was an ambitious move he made in the truck race and ended up taking a win away from Kyle Busch himself and Stuart Friesen and handing it to Zane Smith. So that's my little Alex Bowman rant right there. That's not, I don't hate Alex Bowman or anything, but no, I mean, I think they're, they're different situations. Um, I mean, they're different, but also the same. I mean, Martinsville, I think he's getting run over a little bit more than anything. Um, and then here he was kind of driving over his head a little bit. So, no, I mean, you're, you're definitely uh, definitely right to say that. And, I mean, if, if this kind of thing keeps happening, you definitely, like I said, just own it, you know. Don't be afraid to be like, yeah, yeah and that's how I'm racing because I'm going for the win. But, yeah, don't get out and beat around the bush. I mean, like I said, I'll, you, you get that pass one, maybe two times. Um, it's that line. Mean? Like, it's just that line. I don't race like that. Like, you just race like that. Like, we've, it's like Denny Hamlin, like the 10,000. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, mistakes also happen, like where you yeah. lock it up or whatever. So, as I said, it's not not always just like malicious intent. Um, I mean, I, guess I don't even think Saturday's incident was malicious intent. It was just a guy going for the win and, and got a little, was driving over his head a little bit and made a mistake. So, Definitely made an aggressive move for sure. Yeah, it was definitely aggressive. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's it's entertaining. I want my drivers to be aggressive, but like you said, if you're going to be aggressive, just be like, yeah, I was aggressive there. Yeah, I'm like sorry. Ross. Chastain. Sorry, I, sorry, I caused mayhem. Like Ross Chastain. Like we'll we'll obviously get to that, but however <laughs> you feel, like it'd be like if Ross Chastain. And did also, that. if if you do race like that, certainly. And you got to expect that that's going to be coming back to you. So yeah, and it's like like Denny with Chase and I like Denny's a good guy to bring up in this situation because obviously his history is Alex Bowman. Like Denny did that with Chase 2017. We know he ran Chase over and like that was what that was the ten and he did the same thing. I don't race like that. The ten thousand races line and then Chase, but if you look at it, he hasn't raced like that since. Yeah, but I was going to say, two weeks later, Chase put him in the wall, paid him back, ended his season, and Denny, like, handled that well. And, like, didn't get out, like, bitching and motherfucking Chase. Or, no, you know. he knew he had one coming. And I think that's how, that's 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 how, that's the old code. That's certainly the old driver ethics, I think. And, and Denny Hamlin was the one on Twitter this week uh, kind of complaining about it, that, that people race like this with no respect and – kind of just run you over and just get out and say, oh, my bad, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't race like that. Like I said, it's, it's Carl Edwards. He always said, like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't race like that. I'm, and, I'm and like I said, the old Winston Cup code was an eye for an eye. You you cost me a race, I'm going to cost you a race. Yeah, for sure. And, and you, you kind of saw Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick kind of living by that uh, there last year where Chase Elliott felt like he was wronged by Harvick, went out and settled himself in the same race. Uh, Harvick didn't like that so much and uh, tried to settle it at the Roval. And 
And we all know how that ended up. Face was all get it back too. It was gonna keep going. Yeah, could it, yeah, it could kept going. Uh, so, I believe it was after that week that NASCAR had sat those two drivers down. I believe so. That'll be one of the greatest like what ifs in NASCAR history. Like, what if Kevin didn't settle that himself and wreck himself? Like, yeah. Like, like, just like what. Like, because Chase was probably going to wreck him, and then, like, it would fall out of him from that have been. Mm-hmm. Like, but, yeah, that's for another day. But, yeah, definitely a, uh exciting truck race. Like I said, this listen to that whole race on Sirius. I love listening to those guys. They do a great job. <laughs> great job. Great coverage. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing out when I can't watch a race on listening. No, I mean, I do. I mean, I, I do like the visuals stimulation of watching a race you know but I, I can listen to a race on the radio and kind of picture it and, and it's it's not bad if that's the only thing i got yeah so. they do a fantastic job with 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 their coverage and whether it's mrn prn indie network like all of them do a pretty good job so yeah i definitely don't mind listening to it on the radio if i have to but yeah it was definitely a good good weekend of racing uh you you kind of had the flipping of the stages all, all weekend. Um, I know you were bitching and complaining about that on Sunday as well, but uh, I have no problem with it. I mean, you know, going into the race, what, what you, what the rules are and what, what your strategy has got to be. I'll just, the, the problem is like with obviously the length of the road course is like, people are, are going to short pit the stages because they know they don't get a lap down. And it's like you short pit the stage and give up your track position or stay out. Get, yeah, I, mean, I, I kind of like it because it, it flips the race and, and creates these different strategies. I just think road courses are like, and I like, I'm a fan of stage racing, but like I've, I know I've said on here a hundred times for road course races. I just, I'd, I'd get rid of the stage cautions on road courses because I think they're the one track where it just kind of, I'd rather – I think everybody would rather everything play out. Like, Yeah, I mean, I said, I, I, see, I, I can see the other side and, and enjoy the other side of, okay, now we got two different strategies here. We know it's going to flip, and uh, we'll, we'll see, see which one plays out. The other bitching and complaining is the local cautions that we need, by the way. Yeah. Well, we on that. Jeff Gluck retweeted somebody just last night or the night before. I'll see if I can't pull it up. I've retweeted it myself. Um, of a good idea. Okay, here it is. I'll read it off. It was Jeffrey Miller um, on Twitter. It says NASCAR could easily implement a virtual pace car system instead of a harder local yellow process on road courses. The solution is simple. A virtual yellow is called, and drivers have a set time to slow down to pit road speed. Two, NASCAR monitors speeds based on elapsed time between track scoring loops. Egregious offenders are penalized. Race resumes quickly once hazard is cleared. This works because drivers already know pit road speed and track scoring loops already exist. It's the same technology used on pit road. And that's, that's basically how F1 does it, correct? Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah, they have to follow a certain lap time. And, and like, as long as you stay within that lap time, you're fine. Like, it's like 30% of, of what your, your normal pace is. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely something that they, they could implement and look at doing. Um, and certainly with more and more road courses on the schedule every year, it seems like 
I mean, I think we're fine with six. I think six is going to stick for a while, but. Um, well, the, we're getting that street course, so. Yeah, but who knows? I mean, maybe they drop one. You know, who knows? Who knows yeah. what will happen? Um, but yeah, either way, um, I think the a virtual yellow could definitely work like that. Um, it, that'd be wild this, to hear a uh, virtual safety car in NASCAR, but uh, certainly a possibility. And I think something that needs to be really looked at because there's no way that a race is 68 laps long should take four hours, four I and a half hours done as good a job as they can do by the way like streamlining like they yeah. are but they it could be worked on you know what i mean if we're gonna do a new process with the old process with what we have they make it efficient i will say like that. i yeah i just wanted to give them like when they call one to go like when you're like halfway across like rather than like a whole lap that's good and the way they um like they were calling like everything like quickie yellows to like come back around pit this time and not like you know, waste a button. Like, they were doing a good job with that. Yeah, because a quickie yellow, damn, it takes 10 minutes to run one lap. Yeah, So no doubt. Shoot, you could basically say everything's a quickie yellow. We're only doing, like, two laps or whatever. But it certainly was too long. Uh, it made the race really drag out, it seemed like. Um, it certainly there at the end when we kept getting a rash of them. I was like, good Lord, just hurry up with the streaks. But... I think that could be looked at local yellows or a virtual safety car system. But we haven't talked about Xfinity at all yet. That race. Yeah. I was, I was like during the wedding I was at, so I wasn't able to see like any of that race. So uh, I don't really, have, I should have went back and watched some highlights, but to me, it sounds like AJ Allmendinger dominated. Like, I don't, I don't know what you have to add on that one, but I just don't really have anything. Yeah, AJ kind of dominated. Uh, no surprise there. Um, it was certainly a good duel with him. And damn it, who was up there? Austin Hill. Ty, Ty Gibbs. He ran pretty looking, good. I was looking at the results real quick. I see Austin Hill came home second, Cole Custer third, Noah Gregson fourth. Sam Mayer, fifth. Myatt Snyder, good run for them. Jade Buford, eighth, good run for them. Another Parker Kligerman, his first run of the year, good run for him, 12th. So. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm just kind of overloaded right now with racing. I can't even really think back to the Xfinity race. I, I remember I, I was so focused on AJ winning. I had money on AJ winning, so I was pulling for AJ. Uh, and then obviously had money on him on Sunday. So a little disappointed. Oh my god, how Sunday finished. So yeah, so good, good for AJ. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll join you there. So like, I was making my race day pickums picks and putting some top three bets in, and literally I had three drivers: Russia Stain, Austin Sindrick, Tyler Reddick. I was like, I'm picking two drivers of these three for top three bets and for my race day pickums picks, and those were the three, and I picked. Tyler Reddick and Austin Sendrick. Mm. I mean, they all pretty much had the same odds. They were all like four to one for a top three. And I was just like, shit. Like, I was deciding between those three and sh- damn it. Like, I thought Austin Sendrick. I was like, yeah, I went with Austin Sendrick. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. After AJ picked up the win Saturday, I immediately hopped on my uh, DraftKings account and, and, uh, 
I can't believe he was laying it plus twenty five hundred. I saw I threw a dollar at him and uh it was a dollar to win twenty six. I was like, man, how how could anybody sleep on this? Um but yeah, no surprise to see them run really well. We know they went and won. Uh, well, I guess I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but uh, yeah, solid solid effort in Saturday's race. We know he picked up the win. Uh, Cole Custer also had a really good drive. Uh, he had Ross Chastain up there battling until he got spun out in turn one there late. But yeah, I feel like Saturday's race was really exciting. I said I can't remember exactly. I, th- I feel like it was just kind of natural race. Nothing crazy happened. Just kind of played out. I mean, we talked about strategy, just stage flipping. Um, yeah. Well, we um, uh, Sunday. Uh, I'd say good cup race with a great finish. Like I don't think it was like the best road course race of all time or anything, but it was a good road course race throughout, and you saw some solid racing. Felt bad for Daniel Suarez. Uh, you know, it goes back to my rant about the stage cautions, but I just think for the teams in general, it's stupid. Like if you have the fastest car in the race, pit like. Why are you going to risk with the fastest car in the race giving up track position for stage points? It's stupid. Like, so I feel like I felt bad for Suarez because I felt like his his crew, his crew chief put him in a bad position there. Should have pitted him, left him out there, and put him back and put him back in the shit storm. And we what immediately happened. So first off, feel bad for Daniel Suarez. Yeah, and I mean, I think like I said I, I, you you were like, oh, they shouldn't have done that, and that's how that's where I'm like thinking, like, yeah, like, look, you you guys know the rules coming into it, you know that there's gonna be a caution, so if you guys are really that pressed on stage points, go out get your stage points, all good and dandy, do that in the first stage, and then when you when stage two starts and you're in the back, you can't just run up there and expect to go blasting up to the lead like they did, you know what I mean? If, yeah. if you look at it, he made a pretty pretty dumb move going into turn one. If you're starting in the back like that, you're starting in, in the horn assess, man. You gotta take your time, let everything settle out. Especially, I mean, going into turn one, trying to make up three spots is just not the smartest and, move. And a veteran driver too, like yeah, you know. just it's. I feel like it was just a silly move if you get put in the back like that. Even if it's a mistake, like you speed on pit road or or whatever, you have to come back down or whatever it is. Like, as a veteran driver, Daniel Suarez should not be making that mistake. Like, no, he put himself in a bad position, and that's why I, was, I really didn't feel bad about it. I was like, look, they know the rules coming in, and they chose to go get the stage points. You know that when you do that, you're going to be starting in the back. So let's tiptoe around here, and then we'll work our way forward. We know we got a good race car. But, yeah, yeah. I, I said, if you really that press on stage points, good and dandy, you can go get them in the first stage. No problem. But no, when you gotta restart, you gotta you gotta take your time and work your way up there. You can't just go on up there crazy like. So, I would just say like, kind of a silly move on the Torres's part for sure. I'm all I'm just always gonna be in the camp. Like if you're running 15th and you know your car isn't shit, go get stage points. If you have a race winning car or even a top five car and they had the best car, why well, are you like chasing? Points. I mean, go get go get some stage points in the first stage, no problem. You know you got a really good fast car. You can work your way back up there and, and get back on the, and flip the strategy, you know what I mean, and, and get back on that, okay, we're going to pit before the end of stage two and and then cycle up to, we'll say, 
even if you don't make it back up to the lead, you're still going to say, we'll say in the top 10, you know? Yeah. So I uh, just a silly move on his part to, to go out there and try to try to make up too many spots in one lap in one corner, really. Um, that's yeah. the way I saw it, but yeah, nonetheless, it was, I think you put it right. It was a good race. Um, decent race with a, with an excellent finish. Um, it got long and, and drawn out at some point, certainly with the, the, all the cautions late, the cars getting stopping or whatever on race on the racetrack. And I know they got to clean them up, but it just, it just took forever. Um, yeah. yeah. I, 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 um, solid race. What, what did it end up getting on the, on Gluck's pole? Do we know? Uh, it was like 84. Last I looked something like that. Quick. But yeah, no, it was, it was good. Um, you know, we had different leaders. I mean, we've had the same kind of, like, Tyler Reddick, Ross Chastain, Chase Briscoe, up, uh, like, up there battling for the win and, like, the lead again, man. It feels like those three in particular have just been, like, the three best guys this year. It's crazy to say. But you don't know uh, – uh, I know uh, Daniel Suarez in there. I mean, we talked about – he dominated stage one. Yeah, lights out yeah. the best car on the racetrack, and uh, I mean that's track house racing. We've heard Corey LaJoy talk about on his podcast uh, that they went out at Charlotte that day and and after lunch found three tents on the field, and uh, they're clearly hitting on something. I'm at the NASCAR episode of Daytona 500 Grand Marshal. That uh, it's actually a really good uh, verse by uh, old Pitbull there. I <laughs> The song yeah. is, is corny as hell, but uh, oh, a terrible song! Terrible. That, that verse is actually pretty good. Yeah, terrible, terrible song. Terrible song. Sorry, Trace, what are the words? Sorry, Trace Atkins. Uh, what you, you say? You did a, I said sorry, Trace Atkins. Yeah, you did yeah. a great job singing the national anthem. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, listen, I expected that from Luke Bryant, not Trace Atkins. <laughs> I mean, that was just that, that song. I mean, I mean, I mean. Trace Adkins is Mr. Honky Tonk Badonka Donk, though. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, but that, that's a classic, kind of. <laughs> yeah, but man, that, yeah, that's just like, yeah, like you said, Fire Verse by Pitbull and like one of the worst songs of all time. Like, like I, I started, when you sent it, I started looking it up, like, where is it from? Like, this is banger verse. I was like, is this a rap from Pitbull? Like, where is this from? And then I found the song and I'm like, okay. <laughs> And then I watched the video, and I'm just like, this is terrible. <laughs> Where are the country girls at? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, all right, let's get back to some racing here. Coda. Uh, yeah, but man, great. brought that up because congrats to Pitbull on his first win. We need to click. Like, and, and Justin yeah. Marks, man. Justin Marks. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Walk was talking about on his podcast earlier, right, on the teardown this week. Uh, so they do right after the race. Uh He's talking about how Justin Marks had this vision back in like 2018, 2019. So super cool to see it finally play out and Trackhouse get their first win. Um, yeah. Um. So now, we'll, uh, okay, one more story, and then we can talk about the finish. Uh, so Chase Elliott finished fourth. Uh, Kyle Larson, not, not really a factor all day other than him cutting the S's. Okay, and that's one more thing I want to talk about before we talk about the finish. Um, there, there was issues with guys cutting the course, and 
NASCAR kind of making ball and strike calls all day, and it seemed like NASCAR was only penalizing, like, back markers. Like, I think they got, like, Cody Ware at some point or something. Like, like I don't know. It, it, people were bitching about Larson cutting the S's all day. and it, But, my like, they had rumble strips there last year. Why'd they take them out? Like, or they had, I, I don't know. I mean, I say, if, if you're, if you're going to do something, if you don't want the drivers driving on that part of the course, um, like you said, add curbs in there where they where if you go over them, it's gonna destroy your car or significantly kill your time. Um, and it's just weird, yeah, or, or just just don't wow. have boundaries at all. I mean, if you, if you feel like a guy significantly gained time, you just gotta have it self policing. Like, okay, look, I gotta give back this this amount of time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Something could be done. Certainly, Coda. I feel like Coda is the only one where we don't have like if you cut the course, where we have, uh, like a pat, like a stop and go, area. So, and it's like, you know, most of these road courses have like turtles and curbs. Where like, yeah, if, if you go wide at Charlotte, you're gonna tear your car up because they got them turtles everywhere. Like, and it's I mean, but. The, it's like in that spot, like the S's where everybody was complaining, like they, I guess they had curbs and turtles there last year, and like didn't put them there this year. Yeah, it's interesting, but uh, I'm not sure why that they would have done that, why they didn't do that rather. But nonetheless, yeah, it certainly don't. Whenever you can take it out of NASCAR's hand and make a ball and strike call, um, that's a good thing. That's what we want. So certainly look at, need to look at a way to eliminate that. Just either no track limits or, or something. Uh, yeah. More, more rumble strips. Something. Something yeah. to be done. So yeah. a few tweaks need to be made. I mean, this is the second time we've raced there. Um, we're learning every t- every time we go. I mean, we had I believe like the mud flaps or rain flaps this time, just in case, so we can race in the rain better. Um, they learn. They learn something new every time we go somewhere. So Is certainly, it, uh, we'll look for to, for them to make improvements with that. Also, with the the yellows, the local yellow system or virtual yellows, however they do it. And the other story, I, I was or question, I was gonna, like posed to you. It seemed like one of the narratives, like fans were kind of talking about and like tweeting and everything coming out of the race was like that this was somehow, like, an exposure of, like, Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson that, like, oh, they're not as good on road courses as we made them out to be, and they just had really good cars. And I mean, I thought that was kind of bullshit. I mean, Chase still finished fourth. I mean, those guys still had a ton of success, like, and, like, obviously Chase has won seven road course races. And I don't know. I guess it, it's, like, the cool thing on the internet to, like, hate Chase now, and everybody's like, oh, he's not – fucking really good at road courses it was just his car i thought that was like a narrative people are saying that came out of the race so i just thought it was stupid like he ran fourth like well i mean there's i think there's something to that that i mean he certainly really wasn't a factor at all all day um i think you can point to when last year they had the track attack cars which is basically a gen 6 cup car um with that was specced out differently so they could basically run it in testing uh, and go test with it. So 
Yeah, this is something interesting that they were not nearly as dominant as they had been in the past couple of years. Just something to keep an eye on. I think there was definitely something to that. But nonetheless, I mean, their talent can overcome pretty much any card efficiency that they got. I mean, it's just a matter of time before they, they get a win. I mean, it is a stat, though, that the last time Chase Elliott is won on a on an oval. But uh, I know was, he won a couple of road courses last year. Yeah, the championship was his last oval win. Yeah, I guess you're right. But, um, well, there's that. And then finally, we'll we'll talk about the finish and the story of the race. But, man, I, so here's the thing. I, 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 love, I love Ross Chastain. Like, I've met him a few times. He's an awesome guy. I have his autograph on my cooler. Like, he's a guy I really root for. So it, it was, like, hard for me to, like, give the take I'm about to give. But I, I, I can't def- – man, like, I know you're going for a win, man, but this is a dirty-ass move. Like, that's, like, I tried to defend it and, like, rationalize it. And it's just, like, I can't, like, bitch about Alex Bowman in the truck race and bitch about Denny Hamlin at, at Martinsville and Chase Elliott and, you know, whatever that's been debated you want to – but I just feel like it's it's the as old as time. We give fan favorites a pass and not fan favorites shit on. And it was just – it's a dirty move by Ross Chastain. Like A.J. Allmendinger said, it's – can you sleep – with yourself at night or whatever. And I'm sure Ross Chastain can, and he doesn't care. And he's also a guy that's open. Like I'm going to race hard and I'm okay with the consequences, but it, it was a dirty ass move, man. It, it really was like the, like the more I thought about it, watched it, like it's tough. It's, it's, it's hard to, like I say, bitch about Denny Hamlin at Martinsville and then defend that. Yeah. I mean, it, so, to a degree, I can defend it. So, I'll say this. It is his first win. He's going against the best road course race of the race. And A.J. Allmendinger, a guy that's taught him everything. And he's thinking, the only way I can win this race is if I move this guy. He And he already moved me. Uh, I'm going to move him. I am. He, now he maybe he de- he, de- he didn't maybe he definitely moved at him way harder than than AJ moved him. He wrecked him. He yeah, wrecked he definitely him. wrecked him. Uh, but like I said, and like I said, if he can live with himself going forward with it, then that's great. That's fine. That's and we know Ross is an aggressive race car driver, just like Alex Bowman is. Uh, but like like you said, he got out and owned it, whereas Alex Bowman. It's like, oh man, I don't really race like that. Ross, Ross will get out and tell you, yeah, I look, I do race like that. I'm aggressive, um, yeah. and I think that's also Ross's nature. I mean, he's fought and scratched and clawed for everything he's gotten, uh, and now he's finally got a uh, top tier Cup ride, and, and he's making something, something of it, you know. And, and like I said, well, I'll, 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 I'll I won't judge a guy on one instance. Now I won't forget it. We know nobody will ever forget this race. It's an instant classic. But that's not even lap. the first time he's done that to AJ, though. Like, remember he wrecked him at Daytona for that Xfinity win a couple years ago. Like, right. And like I said, we, that's we know we know that's who who he is, and that's you got to expect that when when he's going for a win like this. I mean, that's how Dale Earnhardt was, you know. So 
that's if that's how he's going to raise it's just how you got to expect it to be moved when it comes down to it um, it's just like we just as as fans and and spectators of the sport just need to like change our mindset we're like we just in general because i was thinking a lot because i i saw denny hamlin bring it up on twitter and i'm not a denny hamlin fan by any means but like to be like he has a valid complaint where like he still gets shit on to this day for wrecking chase elliott at martinsville and it was a dirty ass move and he ran chase over and like but he still gets shit on to this day and then watches like ross chastain like get applauded for that like I understand Denny's frustration with that. Well, like, like I said, you'll see, if Ross keeps racing like this, you'll see guys start to get rubbed the wrong way about it. Just, you know? How many A.J. Allmendinger fans are there really, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So how many Chase Elliott fans are there? Yeah, yeah. If Chase so, Elliott... So if Ross the... Chastain does this to Kyle Busch, he's going to get applauded again. If yeah. he does it to Chase Elliott, it might be end of Ross Chastain's career. I mean, not really, but I said he's gonna be—he's gonna have an angry mob after him. So, so it's all who you do it to, how how you do it. I mean, like I said, it was definitely a dirty move. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But if if you're cool with making that move and you can look in the mirror and be happy with it, and that's that's fine. I mean, do you? I mean, I know. Uh, if that's me, I, and it's going for my first cup win. I might move a guy. I mean, he I had not moved. I might wreck a guy. I don't know. I'm just curious. Oh, it's to tough to be how, put in that situation. I'm curious to see how Ross reacts, like, the first time he gets punted. Like, if he gets out and is bitching and moaning and throwing his helmet, then, like, yeah, like, you're a bitch. But, like, if the first time he seriously gets, like, wrecked by somebody and he's, like, cool about it and, like, yeah, I probably brought that on myself, like, I have more respect for him, but – I, I haven't I can't recall like Ross being in this in a situation on the flip side where like he's gotten wrecked and how he's handled that, but it'll be interesting to see, especially if it's like racing for a win at uh, Martinsville and somebody gives him the boot and it's like like remember when Chase made that move on Joey Logano and Chase said I've seen him do it to other people so I don't care how I race him like you know yeah I think the best example would maybe be Tony Stewart and Brian Vickers at Sonoma. Uh, like 2012, where Tony got into Brian Vickers on accident, kind of ran him over, going into the hairpin, and then later in the race, Brian Vickers ran Tony Stewart over, and Tony Stewart didn't even get out and be mad. He was like, "Yep, I deserved that." Yeah. So yeah, it's like I said, just if he knows he's got one coming, that's fine. I mean, like I said, if it's a now, I don't know. I guess, can you be mad if it's, a, it's any driver that wrecks you? Like, if you're just cool, like, I feel like you're still allowed to be mad, right? Like, well, yeah, you'd be mad, but like, there's different, like, like, you, like you're that, supposed like, to be mad at that guy, like, oh, fuck that guy, I'm gonna wreck him back. And, and it's the same, like, like I said, like, like if it's a newbie, say Denny Hamlin wrecks Ross Chastain, right? Ross Chastain's like, F you, Denny, I'm gonna wreck you now, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, theoretically, Ross is probably gonna have that mindset anyway. Like you said, I'm th- I'm I'm just like I'm thinking about 2020 when Chase Elliott had no problem dive bombing Joey Logano, and Chase's defense was that's how Joey races other people. So well, that, that's I, always the code. It's like race how you want to be raced, and like you said, if, if 
you want to run people over, you're going to get run over eventually. Yeah. Because we're going to say, okay, he races like that, so I can race him like that. Yeah. And but, it, but then you got to be ready for the consequences on the flip side of that. So it all goes full circle. I think it's it polices itself. It's a like I said, I, and I'm I'm happy to see Ross get a win, but like, and I I really like wanted to defend it, and I've just been, but like to not be a hypocrite, I I gotta call it what it is. It was a dirty move. Like, nah, I don't think there's any uh, I don't think anybody would disagree with you there. It's a rare week where we pretty much have agreed on just about everything. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Well, I, 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 I maybe see we may see things a little differently, but we pretty much agreed on it. So. Yeah, I didn't know if you might be like smashing watermelons. Like, no, nah, fuck that watermelon crawl, go Ross. Like, no, I said I was salty as shit because I had money on uh, AJ on Sunday. So, yeah, I was kind of hoping they all wrecked. Ross, each other. Ross can eat a dick. <laughs> I was kind of hoping they all wrecked each other. So Tyler Reddick got my top three. Wait, there you I had, go. I had, I had like I said, hey, it almost happened. I had like four to one Tyler Reddick. They were playing like, pinballs there for a minute. Yeah. Dude, and Alex, but like, I literally screamed at my TV when Bowman got the lead there for a second. He backed into another one. I literally screamed that at the TV. Like, if if Alex Bowman won, like, all people saying, "Oh my God, he really does back into every win." That would have just been validation right there. Facts. Like, I mean, if, all if right, they, well, let's get this thing wrapped up. We got what Richmond this weekend. It's you Saturday. going? I will be there Sunday. Hell yeah. Not doing the whole weekend, day tripping it. Uh, we got our mini cup opener on Saturday. So, won't be able to make it down there for the uh, Xfinity race on Saturday. It's at uh, 1.30 on Saturday, so we will miss that. Um, and then Sunday uh, at 3.30, I will be there for that. And I, uh, I know Ben will be there and Andrew will be there. Hell yeah. And Ben has hooked it up with uh, some garage passes, not hot passes, but whatever like the fan zone is where you can like actually like walk into the garage. So it's almost like better than hot passes nowadays. Oh yeah. At Richmond, at least the way. That, yeah, like, exactly. The way it's set up. You can't even, so, cause they have that, the fan. Without the hot pass. Like, right. So like, it's, so it's almost better to have the hot, the fan zone pass and, yeah, Ben hooked it up with a couple of those. So, yeah, I'll be bringing some good content Sunday morning. Uh, plan on getting down there super early and, and yeah, getting the content on the, the accounts going. That's awesome, man. So, you yeah, I'm excited to day trip down to Richmond. Uh, I'm excited for it, man. I've been looking forward to it all week. Ben called me uh, like Thursday or Friday last week and told me he had some tickets. And I was like, I ain't going to say no. So, Shout out to Ben for that. You um, want to make our, by the way, you want to make our announcement on this, or? Um, yeah, I talked to. to we'll, might as well do it. I guess we might as well t- tease it. Uh, if you're listening this far, you're loyal listener, and uh, so yeah, nope. I talked about our mini mini cup opener, season opener. Uh, I'll be there spotting again for Zach and the '86 car. Um, we also running a second car, the '98, with a young boy in it. So, uh, boy, Eric Self. No, not quite. I'll be spotting. <laughs> I said spotting, spotting for the '86. Uh, hopefully, not turning too many wrenches. Hopefully, we don't have to fix too many things. Uh, maybe changing gear here and there. But 
yeah, Saturday we'll be doing the mini cup stuff, and then um, we'll be starting a new show. Um, we're going to call it Mini Cup Mondays, presented by Rose 1 through 10, where we uh, basically recap the series series events. And uh, I know there's some other series across the country that, that they want us to cover as well. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. It'll be a whole new show, but uh, follow everything on the same feed. From what I understand, Travis is going to do with it. But, uh, yeah. Should yeah, I'll keep it on the same feed and do, like, Mini Cup Monday, episode one, like, you know, that way anybody who's interested in that will have direct access to, you know, our regular show and then vice versa. So I feel like it'd, it'd be a lot better for, for us to just keep it on one feed. But Yeah, I know, yeah, however, whatever makes sense uh, on that side of things. But, yeah, we wanted to kind of keep things separated. We can kind of have free range and say what we want on here. I uh, don't have to worry about being uh, – being family friendly on this one, they want family friendly on the the mini cup side, so we'll make that happen for them. And um, yeah, so just stay tuned for that. We'll have episode one will come out Monday night or and Tuesday be- morning. But yeah, definitely next week we're gonna record on Mondays. And from from what you, we should be having some solid promotion with that series too. So stay tuned for that, I guess. Yes, yeah, there, there, there's a. We're definitely going to be doing some big things on the local level. It sucks that you uh, don't live very close to the area, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll make it happen. And hell, maybe we can even get something at, at your local track out there. At old uh, at old Cochran, Cochran or uh, Sonoya, whatever Sonoa. Yeah, Sonoya, Sonoya. We got yeah, we got either one of those, maybe the dirt track. So yeah, we'll look at doing something sometime down that way, but. Yeah, stay tuned if you're a Dominion fan, Dominion Raceway. And I, I need to mention, coming. too, we're talking about – I got Cordial, like, right down by me, too. They had a big super late model show there over the weekend, so. Nice, yeah. No. Right. Do something down that way one time, so. Stay tuned. We got some stuff planned, and it's going uh, to be a fun summer, I think, with the Rose 1 through 10 boys. Hell, yeah. Yeah, we All right, be- well, let's get into some picks for this weekend. We All right. Here. Richmond, Saturday. Who you, who you got Saturday? Is it night or it's not it's one one thirty? All right. Um, no uh, night racing at Richmond. Although, no, I'm real quick. Sorry, just a side note. I did not realize until this afternoon that next week the trucks are at Martinsville. The triple header next week. Yep. Did not realize that. So pretty cool there, but yeah, go ahead. Shout out for Richmond. Uh, Xfinity Series debut for Derek Griffith, uh, super nice guy, hell of a wheel man in the super late model scene. So, um, shout out to him and hope he does a great job. Like he's a super super cool dude and uh, great driver. I feel like he's going to impress a lot of people. Track the perfect track for him to make his first start. So, and for Sam Hunt racing in twenty six on Saturday, but um. Pick to win the race. Um, I'll go with John Hunter check in the eighteen. All right, pretty solid. Uh, solid pick there. Also racing this weekend at Richmond, making a serious debut is a uh, Raja Caruth. So certainly excited for him. He had a pretty good finish the other week at Arca at Phoenix. 
So it would be excited to see what he does this weekend. He's a, a, grew up in D.C., so kind of a home race for him. Um, yeah, young kid, 19 years old. So I have to watch to see how he does. But on Saturday, I will go with... Um, I don't have a, a thing imaging pulled up here. Like John Hunter's in the 18, Griffith's out there. I don't you know like what? I'm, I'll make it easy. I'll go with Ty Gibbs. There you go. Not a bad pick. I was thinking about Josh Berry. That was my other pick. So I think Noah Grayson will be really good here. He won last year here in the fall. Yeah. So. Hell yeah. Expect him to be good. Uh, all right. Who you got for the big show on Sunday? Um, I'll go with a guy. He's been close a few times. I'll say he finally breaks through and steals the deal. And Tyler Reddick gets his first couple. Ooh, another first-time winner. There we go. Fourth first-time winner of the year. He's been really – Seventh cool. different winner. Yeah. I mean, he's been – like I said, I, I think him and Briscoe and Chastain have been the three best, most consistent guys. And I think uh, he'll join those two as first-time winners. And Tyler Reddick gets to victory lane. All right. I'm going to go with a guy that's also been close but hasn't sealed the deal yet this year. He's got a lot of wins under his belt, though. And he uh, is the most active winner at this racetrack. I'm going to go with old Kyle Busch, KB18, to pick up the win. Oh, yeah. Toyota really needs a strong run this weekend. It's a Toyota racetrack. It's the Toyota Owners 400. We got the M&M's Cookie. Yeah, the paint scheme coming out this week. Uh, yeah, I think this all, overall Toyota, the whole Toyota camp needs a good run this weekend. From yeah, 23XI definitely. to Gibbs, um, I think everybody needs a really solid run. I mean, you had Seabell last week, top three, solid comeback for him. He kind of backed into that. But. Yeah, but they, they needed it. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, definitely hope hope to see Toyota with a strong run and hopefully to be there for Kyle Bush's I don't know how many wins he has at Richmond. I did not look that up, but Well he won the spring race, like what, like five years in a row from like oh nine to like twelve or thirteen. He's the most got the most wins there out of active driver, so yeah. that was one way. All right. Well, it's been real. And we got a awesome guests coming next week that we've had down the chamber for a while. So, and then Monday we got, uh, um, mini cup Mondays debut. Yeah. So. We'll have Zach for that. And then, uh, great, uh, like I say, a great, um, great guest coming down the chamber next week. All right, man. All right. We'll holler at you. See you.